is up, guys? Welcome to episode seven of the Positionless Pod with me, your host, Kai Gamage. I'm here. My goodness. What a blessing. Oh, my gosh. School is let out, but we're still here. We don't take breaks. We don't do any of that. I'm here in the studio. Oh, my gosh. With the most versatile, the brightest young minds in basketball media. Aaron, A-Rom Matthew, Diego San Agustin, and Michael Anthony, Mikey, the Cruz Missile, Michael Anthony Cruz. Oh my goodness, bro. What's up, guys? How you guys been? Fantastic. I smell I smell something in here. What is that? Yeah, after kidding me. Episodes of speaking about it, we finally have it in the studio. We're doing it. I wish you could like I wish Spotify offered a more like interactive listening experience. Yeah, no, that's or, true. Like you could, you know, you could, you could smell what's going on in here. Yeah, yeah. I it's, wish you guys could smell like the Thai food right now. The, yeah. Wait, it's, it's what'd, general, you get, what'd you get in it? General pad Thai. General so pad Thai with like general um chicken. Like general Tao chicken. General Tao chicken. Yeah. No way. Yeah, and it's buy one get one free. So I have like two of them, and you guys can share the other one. He's so you're you're telling me that you want three guys, the the three of us in here <laughs> to share your other pad Thai. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. How do you expect that toy? That's actually there's three nice of him to ask. That's there's cute. Three, no, I appreciate There's actually five forks. That's a lot sharing. of forks. Well, actually, four forks and a knife. <laughs> wow. No, that's incredible, bro. <laughs> One knife. Wow. Yeah. So if you guys, you know, want to share the other pad thai, you know, you're free to do so. Yeah. Maybe maybe during our break. I'll probably mention it as we go to break. Yeah. Mention it's, it's, it's good. time for I'm pad having, thai. I had a few bites just before we started, and it was pretty good. Yeah. I'm I'm very satisfied. Wow. No, that's product. good. I'm I'm happy. Sounds like you're ready to record. Oh, I'm so ready now. Okay. You Marvin still or <laughs> not anymore? Marvin. <laughs> so it's been a pretty packed week in the NBA. Um jeez, what the heck? All literally out of nowhere, every single thing that could happen in the NBA this week happened. So we honestly just expected to make this episode just like a full episode about the WNBA, where we obviously recapped the first round of the playoffs and previewed the upcoming round of the playoffs. But now we actually have to, I guess we have to talk about the NBA. Yeah, they, they never stop with all the drama. It's pretty ridiculous. So of course. Like I mentioned, yeah, we're going to be digging into a ton of... We are still going to be digging into the WNBA content later today. It'll be in the second half of this podcast. But we do need to start the show off with, you know, the other basketball league, you know. (laughs) Which league is that, Kai? What do you mean? The CBL? No, no, no. It's not the CBL. The NBL? No, of course not. It's not Euro League either. Mike, what league do you think it is? The PBA. What the <laughs> heck is that, man? No, we are talking about our favorite league, the CBA, baby. Oh, oh my, my God. Okay. I can't wait. So we joked about this a few weeks back. We joked about, you know, putting together a CBA starting five. We yeah. we struggled to come up with a uh, a center, right? We, like, we had a Mike, lot of... I asked Mike Dennis what? Schroeder. Yeah. yeah. Is he not a center? Yeah. We, he picked we, Dennis Schroeder as a center. We asked for a center. And, but it's okay. And we're we positionless anyway. Yeah, that's what it so is. It that's what it is. We're a very yeah, versatile honestly, I team. I respect him. Like, no, it's fine. He kept that in mind. Of course. Yeah, we, so we landed on Dennis Schroeder. I don't know. Maybe it didn't, it didn't end up really working out. But guys... Yeah. 
we have finally found our center for our CBA lineup. Taco. Oh my goodness. Taco Fall, the one and only, the legend himself, has signed with the Xinjiang Flying Tigers of the CBA on a one year deal. This is a huge move for the 2016 2017 CBA champions okay let's not forget this this is a team with championship pedigree they made the quarterfinals last year and now they add taco fall to their ranks guys what do we think about this move for uh for the flying tigers it's over it's over for the rest of the league what is what a team right yo who's gonna stop him maybe jimmer <laughs> yeah i coming out yo, of retirement no. oh i'd love you to see yo, what a matchup, on him? no no chance Jimmer's yeah. going to drop like two 81? on him, bro. Taco Fall's going to dunk oh, on him. Yeah. It's over. Okay. So in celebration of Taco Fall signing, uh, we thought we'd formally construct our very own CBA starting five. So each of us have come up with a CBA starting five who we think would fit well within the Chinese Basketball Association. You know, we, we did it before, but it wasn't really serious. This time we're setting it in stone. This is a serious CBA team that we are putting together. So let's get it started. Aaron, who have you got on your team, man? So my point guard is Alfred Payton, the 10th pick of the 2014 draft. He's been washed since the time he stepped on the court. And I think it's high time he takes his talents to CBA where he can actually succeed. And to complete my backcourt, I have the goat of nepotism, Kelgen Blevins. <laughs> It, it sounds like a made-up name, but he's an actual player. He shouldn't be one, though. He played four years in college, only to average seven. But he was still in the league because he's Damian Lillard's cousin. He averaged four points on the G League team. But that was still enough for him to get a roster spot in the league. And it makes me sick to see him actually play in the NBA. And please, <laughs> please don't waste a roster spot on this guy, man. <laughs> And then uh, at small forward, I've got the GOAT, Kent Bazemore. Of course, Lakers legend. Lakers legend. Another Lakers legend at my power forward position is Trevor Ariza. Come on, (sighs) man. He's got a storied career. Yeah, which is why he needs to... Which is why he needs to complete the story in China. He's, He's done it all in the NBA. Former champion now. He needs to take his talents to China. And at center position, it's... The guy who do, who loves China more than anyone else, it's Ennis Cantor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pack watch for that guy. <laughs> no, no team in the NBA wants him, and he's surprised. Like, bro, just take a guess. You suck. So yeah, great. yeah. He he needs to go to to China or wherever. I can see him. Yeah. I can see him doing it. I like the team. I like I like the inclusion at center there. That was a good one. I was considering that, um, but I just think he's too much of a liability defensively. You know, like every single time I, I remember he was playing on the Celtics, and when uh, Brad Stevens would put him on the floor against the Raptors in the bubble, that's the only time that the Raptors would actually have success against <laughs> the Celtics. Yeah. Okay. Let's move it along. Mike Cruz, who have you got in your starting five, man? Yeah, this was honestly pretty hard for me. There were there were so many names out there that I could put. But I decided to go on a little Warriors team, mm. the Wuhan Warriors. This team's going to give me headaches if they, they're actually on the Warriors squad. So, yeah, at point guard, I got Brad Wanamaker. 
Warriors legend. I remember watching so many games during the 2020-21 season, and this guy just gave me so many headaches. Like, this guy had Steph Curry open on the corner, and he would drive straight to the basket. And get his shot blocked by, I don't know, whoever whoever could block that shot. Then at shooting guard, speaking about nepotism, we got Damian Lee. He's with the Suns now. He'll be on the Wuhan Warriors soon. <laughs> then we got Michael Mulder at the three. Canadian legend. Actually, He's actually a good three-point shooter. Shot 40% from three, so he's going to be the floor spacer for this team. Then we got at power forward, former first-team all-rookie. Eric Pascal, he's actually solid. I like Eric Pascal. I like man. him too. I don't know about Eric Pascal. He's he was nice when he had the opportunities. I called him the the better Pascal. <laughs> Ooh, what are you, what are you doing? Ooh. Why are you putting yeah, him bro. in the CBA? Then? What's wrong with this guy? No, j- during his rookie season, I told him. Yo, he doesn't even spell Pascal right, bro. There's an H in there for no That's reason. Weird. Yeah, if, weird spelling for no reason. If Pascal Siakam is spicy P, Eric Pascal is saucy P. Ooh. <laughs> Saucy for what, what the bro? <laughs> He's lost in it. <laughs> yeah, at center, we got Warriors Twitter legend, Alan Smilagic. Allegedly the next Nikola Jokic of the Warriors. And he, now he's yeah. starting for the Wuhan Warriors. I can see it. All right. Diego, let's let's go through yours, man. I got to start off with my point guard, Cameron Payne. That's so disrespectful. Bro, he's, he's a dancer. That's what he is. He's, he's Russ's w- dance partner. Excuse me? And that's all he is. He's a dancer? What do you mean by that? <laughs> he was a, he was Russ's dance partner back in OKC. Oh, yeah. I remember those coordinator. Yeah, they dance were doing that stuff. Yeah. Every yeah. single that game. That was fire. That's what Chuck called it. It was too. sick. And I loved campaign for that. Mm, at least he but understands how he to play a role. Sons, he doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. Because he actually figured out how to play a role <laughs> within a team rather than his dance partner. Does, didn't campaign play in China? I'm, I'm I, surprised. I don't know. I'd Did be he? surprised if he hasn't. The real question is when is he going to be on... S- yeah, Dancing bro. with yeah, the stars. He, he yeah. was on Shang. He played for Shang-Chi the Shangxi loons. loons. No way. So yeah, bro. his return to China is inevitable. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's coming soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Next, I have my shooting guard, Daniel House Jr. Yo, Ooh. come on. He just got signed by the Sixers. Okay, and <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget what he did on the Rockets in the bubble. <laughs> He's goaded for that. Yeah, He's, yeah. Daniel Horny House Jr. needs to be arrested, bro. <laughs> yeah, Maury liked him for a reason, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, he. I couldn't believe what he did at that time. And he ruined my point guard's chances mm. of winning a championship. Your point guard. Yeah. When, my point guard. When was that? In the bubble. There's, they had a chance at winning a championship? Yeah, of course. What? With who? With James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So that's so news Dan- to me. So Daniel House, <laughs> he was entire- a vital. He was a vital player mm. in the rotation. Okay, interesting, interesting. No, that's a that's a take. <laughs> Yo, okay, okay, to be to be um completely honest, he mm-hmm. actually was pretty solid off the bench for the Rockets that year. Okay, so he'll be a good contributor. Yeah, he'll be a great contributor in China. Okay, that's for I sure. See it, I see it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Of course. Let's go. All right, small forward. I got Timothy. Luau Cabro. TLC. Thunder legend. (laughs) Net legend. We all know how it is. He's pretty garbage. (laughs) (laughs) TLC needs to get his um, better opportunities back. 
in China. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Rebuild your career. Yeah. He just needs to start fresh, to be honest. Yeah. So for power forward, I have Josh Jackson. I don't know what the hell happened to him. He never really panned out, never really developed. Did he even really have the best opportunity to do so? Not really, no. Not really. Yeah, Not to really. be honest. But still, like, all based the guys, on the facts, like he's just he just hasn't been good at all. I think the Suns are just bad at drafting. That's all it is. Like I remember when the Suns drafted him like what, fifth overall in twenty sixteen? Fifth, I think it was a four. Yeah, fourth, fourth overall. overall yeah. God damn, bro! They had so many misses back then. I think like you could you could build an all CBA team with like all their misses. Put Dragon Bender Ooh. up there. Yo, Dragon Bender. Dragon Bender. Dragon Bender on like the. There's a team called the Dragon. Yo, if he was still in the league, I'd definitely put him in this right? list. A hundred percent. Wait, is he? Doesn't he actually play in China? Or am I am I wrong? I hope he is. <laughs> no, he plays. He plays in Spain. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, it's I too know. bad. Missed I could see him playing in China. He'd be pretty good in China. Yeah, I think so too. He's He'd only twenty-four, so he has enough time in his career to go to China. Maybe one day. Yeah, He'd maybe be like the Dirk of it. China. I hope so. Yeah, if it <laughs> the Dirk of China. What am I listening to? Okay, Yo, he was okay. nice. Is that your whole team? Or no, we got sen- Alex Lennon at center. Okay, I yeah. I respect it. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I don't like Alex Lennon. I, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about Alex Lennon. Yeah, guys, thanks. <laughs> no, that 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 two-headed beast that the Raptors were putting out there, Alex Len and uh, Aaron Baines. What a year! Oh my God, what a time to be alive! All right, here's my <laughs> CBA roster. This one, this one honestly broke my heart. Okay, so I'll start off with the two, just because it's the one. It's the one that just like I really hate to do it, but it, I have to. So at the two, I've got Svi Mikhailuk. That Ooh. guy. I was watching some of his lowlights from last year on the Raptors. This guy is horrendous, bro. I can't even count the amount of air balls he had. He shoots like me. We picked him up as a shooter. Bro, he's so bad. Okay. You, you don't even have to go last year. Literally last night, he shot 0 of 9 from 3. Literally last night. Wait, where? It's in international game. Oh, my God, man. Come on, bro. Sviatoslav Mikhailuk. Sorry, man. And then at the one, this one, this one hurts me, bro, because... Before the draft, I went on Twitter and said that he would turn out to be the best player from this draft. I have another like big reason for liking him. Uh, he won me a uh, fantasy title in 2020, but it's because he was on the team that was opposite mine, and I ended up winning <laughs> that year. I ended up winning that week in turnovers. Killian Hayes, bro. I got to give up. It breaks my heart. I just don't think that there's a spot for him in Detroit. I know that he's like a good defender, but God, bro, he's so bad. He stinks. His like game recognition is just not there. He can't develop a shot. He just turns the ball over way too much for a backup point guard. I don't think that there's a place for him in Detroit. I don't I don't know if there's going to be a place for him in the NBA. And yeah, that might be my worst take of all time. We at the 3 there's some there's some good shooting on this team if they can actually find their rhythm. But um, Duncan Robinson, Ooh. this guy needs to go. This guy is completely washed already. He's too old to be in the NBA. Like, it's over. That contract, he'll probably get just as good a contract in China anyways. So, whatever. Good for him. He made his money. He sucks. Wow. Um, I- it's what happens when you're only good at one thing. No way this guy put Duncan Robinson in his... It, it, Duncan Robinson stinks. Is the CBA telecasted on Nickelodeon? Isn't he a Jimmy Neutron character? <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Sheen? 
<laughs> Sheen from Jimmy Neutron. No, I he's Jimmy that. Neutron, right? No, he looks no. like Sheen, not Jimmy. He Neutron. does look like Sheen, yeah. But no, but they did call him <laughs> Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, yeah. But he looks yeah. more like Sheen. He looks he exactly like Sheen. Yeah. If Sheen was real, that's mm-hmm. Sheen. Yeah. If Sheen was a sharpshooter, and that's what he is. That's yeah. all he's good for. Really. He's, he's, like, got a, he's got. He's got. He's got a decent. There's some value he's got a, in he's that. Got a there's some podcast, value in that. But there isn't because he wasn't even hitting his shots. Yeah. Last yeah, but year. it was just a bad year. I think. Yeah, but I honestly if, don't. But I'm sorry, if you're having a bad year and like you're only good at one thing, anyways, when like you're the most traffic cone player in the entire NBA, right? Like, but like the year before that, he had a pretty good season. Yeah, but that's not good enough for a completely one-dimensional yeah. player. Like, I can't, I can't trust the guy that only does one thing. It's like Bertans. Yeah, but I, I think that it's he like still Bertons, has somewhat bro. of a role in the NBA. You know? Yeah, he has a bigger role in the CBA. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair point. He'll be the first CBA player with a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hyped for it. Okay, um, and then I've got to put my guy, Kevin Knox. Um, oh, Mr. Fortnite. I've got to put. I've got to put <laughs> Fortnite move. Fortnite. I've got to put Fort Knox. Um, <laughs> no, this guy's gonna be cranking '90s over in uh, in Fujian, bro. I'm hyped up. So yeah, Kevin Knox. I think this guy's done. Bro, and I think then, Kevin Knox would be so nice in China. Yeah, he yeah. would be good. He he'll actually in China. Yeah, he's got turn out his to be the player he was meant to the next Giannis. Yeah, right? that's what he was drafted. Yeah, the Giannis summer of China. league legend. Summer, I, I won't yeah. forget those highlights, man. Of course, yeah. when so you're playing against the Giannis plumbers, of bro. China. Ooh, yeah. I could see it. I could see it. We got a Dirk of China and the Giannis of China. That's crazy. That's and then at my five, I just gotta, I just gotta say congratulations. Uh, this one's all for my boy Taco. You know, I'm putting Taco at the five, just yeah. because that's the Th- guy. Think of someone else, man. Mike Muscala. Ooh, that's Thunder Legend. <laughs> yeah, I'll put Mike Muscala there. That guy stinks. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to argue with that. All right. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking the rest of the NBA news. Okay, and we're back. We need to talk about Kevin Durant. Again. Again. I'm so sick of this guy. Okay. So, it was reported, what, two days ago? Mm-hmm. We're recording on a Wednesday. Or, sorry, Thursday. Uh, it was reported two days ago by Shams Charania of The Athletic that Kevin Durant would be staying in Brooklyn after he had a conversation with, obviously, Joe Sai and Sean Marks. So yeah, Kevin Durant is going to be staying in Brooklyn. They had a conversation between what Josiah and Sean Marks met up with Kevin Durant and his agent, uh, Rich Kleiman. Um, so it is confirmed that he will be spending the next year at least in Brooklyn. This definitely changes the outlook for the Eastern Conference this past year. I think when we did our Eastern Conference tiers, we were all pretty unsure about where the Nets would really rank because of all this potential implications that were still up in the air with this team so now that things are seemingly more set in stone Kevin Durant's going to be staying which essentially means that Kyrie Irving's staying right guys and then Ben Simmons I mean again hopefully he comes back from injury they added TJ Warren this offseason they added um, Royce O'Neal this offseason so do we have a more clear picture of the Nets potential to contend next year yeah, as much as it pains to say, they look like the third best team in the East right now. I wouldn't put them above the Bucks or the Celtics just yet, but I think they're still 
easily actually the third best team in the east when you have a team with kd kyrie and a healthy ben simmons who doesn't have to do anything on offense with probably some of the best shooters in the league i think that's a deadly squad i just hope oh i mean i don't i this is not what i hope but this is what i think is going to happen that they will find chemistry as the season goes they saw they got whooped last season so they know there's stuff to be figured out but you're actually hoping for that to happen no I, that, that's I, why i took it back you're like a hater there's no way oh i am a hater yeah of course <laughs> but um yeah that's what i want to happen yeah i need kevin durant to win a championship no i'm outside good. of golden state nah. yeah yeah i need it y- you need it but it's going to happen it's not happening okay as you said they're the third best team in the east they have a decent chance they have a chance but they're third yeah but they're still capable of beating the bucks in philly uh, if you have kevin durant and kyrie irving on your team you have a chance it it depends on how simmons handles say a yanis or an embiid because that's definitely going to be the deciding factor for the series i feel they yeah. have they have kd and kyrie to score but if they can't prevent the other team from scoring i don't think any offense is going to do anything for them I don't know, man. Yeah, I think that like, look, if Simmons comes back and is ready to play, you're gonna put him alongside Royce O'Neal, who is still one of the best wing defenders in the league, one of the best yeah. three and D guys you could possibly get. Um, T.J. Warren's not exactly a slouch defensively. Um, again, he's a he's a great scorer. That's really think, what he's known for. I think T.J. Warren's gonna fit really well with KD still on the team because yeah, without KD be. on the team, I don't think he'd be. Great yeah, at all. with T.J. with T.J. coming off the bench as like, as like a strong role. scoring option, they're gonna have a lot of scoring coming exactly. off the bench. If Cam Thomas can actually, oh my goodness! <laughs> if I'm straight up, <laughs> look, I, I'm not the biggest Cam Thomas fan. I think that his behavior within the team is very indicative of the <laughs> current so culture that's being built up within the Nets organization. But again, he's a, he, he's a talented scorer. He's good at getting to the line. I think that there's going to be a lot of scoring that's going to be coming off this Nets bench. Like, they've got decent depth when they added Royce O'Neal, when they added TJ Warren. I like what Dayron Sharp brings. I think they're probably going to be starting Nick Claxton at the five. I mean, um, they don't have anyone else. Well, we're yeah, we're we're thinking maybe five, maybe so. Ben Simmons play some small ball, run the offense. I think Ben Simmons is a better center than Nick Claxton. That's for sure, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's going to be a deadly small ball. That means you'd right have here. Royce O'Neal and Kyrie at the one and two, right? That's going to be no, Kyrie. No, no, you put Seth at the two. You put Kyrie. All the right, one. they have Seth. You, yeah, they still have yeah. Joe Harris, Kyrie, Joe Harris. Again, Royce this O'Neal, this team is very lethal offensively. Yeah, that's a lot of very threats shooting. And again, I think that like if you have if you have Royce and Ben Simmons as like your two main defensive stoppers, I think that that is kind of decent for shutting down teams' number one and two options. Whether yeah. you're actually going to get like good defensive depth from the rest of them, good defensive contributions, especially in the regular season. Look, KD is good defensively in times when it matters right like this is he's still an absolute threat on the defensive end it's not obviously Mm -hmm. what he's known for because he's just known as the greatest scorer of all time but he's still good defensively it's just not really going to show up in the regular season but when you put him into those high leverage situations like those three as your three defensive stalwarts is a good base to really build around exactly i think they're a lot they're like much better than they were last season and i don't see them getting swept by the celtics again and i feel like Simmons is going to thrive with this team because there's a lot of shooting in this team. So mm-hmm. I would not be shocked, actually, if they 
have Simmons set the table or facilitate yeah. for them. And we, we've yeah. been talking about this since last year, since since Ben Simmons was actually traded to the Nets. Like, we yeah. talked about how great of a fit he was. We talked about how well he can find his role alongside, like, really great scorers. Mm-hmm. Along, like, you know, they have KD, Kyrie, Seth, and now TJ Warren. they got a whole Dude. lot of offensive options. That's the thing. Every single player on this team can shoot other yeah. than Ben Simmons, right? And that's what you've thing. got. Ben Simmons doesn't even need to score. Exactly, he, right? And he's that's perfect. He's a perfect fit for the Nets. And right that's now. why he didn't work with the Sixers, right? Like you, yeah. you don't have enough outlet passes to really kick it out to after Ben Simmons just does what he does and drives to the basket because that's what he's best at, right? Yeah, he's exactly. a physical specimen. He's a beast. But think, now you're, you're going to start to people are going to start to really respect Simmons again next year. Of course, you're going to be kicking it out to, to. To, to Joe Harris, to Seth Curry, to Royce oh, he's O'Neal. He's going to be so good. To like yeah. Kyrie Irving to Kevin Durant, like what more can you really ask for? That's that's the be- that's like something he he could dream of. Yeah, my my prediction right now is that like again, I I think they're going to be third in the East. I think that there's still going to be like those growing pains that we've seen. Yeah, from this team in years prior. In years prior, um, yeah. I don't really think that they're carved out to be a str- like the strongest regular season contender as opposed to the Bucks and Celtics. Oh, no, I don't I don't see Katie just and Kyrie just playing every game. Either, yeah, so. Yeah. So I, th- I think they're still going to end up like third in the East, but I still think that when yeah. championship contention does become the big conversation point, it's you can't not include them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. you got KD on your team. It's Maybe coaching will be a factor in this one too. The Celtics and the Bucks are both well coached teams. Unlike the Nets, the that's Nets, the only thing. The, the, the Nets don't need a coach. With a <laughs> yeah, they don't. Oh, need yeah. a coach. <laughs> but but they have the X factor in Cam Thomas, who fun fact often watches videos of NBA players to learn new moves. No way you're bringing <laughs> up the article. <laughs> that that's no what his wiki way, page says. Wow, that's really impressive. Yeah, that's a deep dive into his personal life. There's a lot to learn from that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very I think uh, obviously the biggest threats are going to be the Bucks and the Celtics for the Nets. Yeah. But like I think against Philly like they they they'd, I'd take them easily more mm, Philly easily not maybe not easily because it beats just really freaking yeah they don't have obviously. anyone to defend and beat no yeah, yeah. I'm really ex- I'm really excited that'd be a good series yeah. actually oh, yeah, I think that's I think that's my most anticipated game of the next gonna season say, now I'm confidently gonna say the Nets are gonna beat Philly in a series okay cool yeah I'm with it let's uh let's make sure we write that one down <laughs> yeah, confidently down. say that confidently. the Nets beat the Sixers in a series okay if healthy if healthy I'm cool with it all right, let's move it along because like, God knows that we've talked about Kevin Durant so much yeah, this I mean, offseason. I remember when Bill Simmons tweeted, he said that we've thanked yeah. you to Kevin Durant and this organization for basically two months of... Free content. Free content. It's been incredible. It's, it's, it's been pointless, really. Well, yeah, what more could you ask for, though? <laughs> yeah. It's classic. Honestly, I knew, I knew he was going to stay as soon as, like... You know, I was, like, firmly on the, like, oh, he's gone train um, when he gave... Uh, Josiah the ultimatum, yeah. right? But then the next report that you hear from the Nets organization is that they asked for Jason Tatum. And I was like, oh, okay. It's over. Yeah. yeah. O- honestly, it's I love how it went. Like, KD asked for a trade. They say no. KD says, me or Nash and Max. Josiah says no. He says, trade again. He says no. And he's like, okay, I'm happy to stay. Yeah. He, yeah, I don't, dude, uh, he got stared so stupid, down. Man. He got yeah. stared down by that organization. That, that, that's won. a serious owner. I, I, I like that. How yeah. do you think the, the the chemistry between like Nash and KD is gonna be next year, especially after that? Do you think Nash stays? I hope not. I hope so <laughs> because he'll be Why? the reason they lose. <laughs> no, but like I they honestly need a coach though. Yeah, but obviously Nash isn't a great coach. Like as great as he is as a player, I feel but like with something like this, there has to be a compromise somewhere, right? I, yeah. I, I know that we're still what 
two months away from the regular season really starting. I think it starts in October 18th. So yeah, basically two months away from the start of a regular season, a little bit under a, under two months away from the start of training camp, or a little bit over a month away until the start of training camp. Do you think that's enough time for let's say let's say the Nets hypothetically do fire Nash, right? I, feel like I just I, don't I, see it though. But I think regardless of the situation that's transpired this off season, I don't see why you wouldn't fire Nash. Yeah, but then the fact that they already basically reaffirmed that they mm-hmm. wanted to keep Nash and yeah. Marks over KD. Yeah, I feel like if they there's going to be a firing, Nash. it's going to come in season. Like if the yeah. Nets start out ten and ten. They don't really yeah. work out. Yeah, it's gonna be in in season five. But Nash is definitely gonna start the season as their head coach. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. I think so. You you have to have like a little bit of continuity going into training camp, I guess. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just the the relationship between Nash and KD now that I'm kind of like mm-hmm. worried about. Yeah. Like I guess they can make it work in a way where they kind of like have somewhat of a respect for each other in terms mm-hmm. of just being part of the team. But like outside of that, though, I. I think the relationship is pretty much like ruined. It's yeah, it's messy. It's done. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No. Let's move on. Okay. Enough. Cool. Let's move <laughs> on. Let's talk the other most fun team to talk about during the off season. Woo! L A Lakers. Oh my goodness, they made a deal finally. Oh man. Oh my God, it's finally <laughs> over. The THT rumors are done. To think it's that they could have had Lakers. Kyle Lowry instead. Wow. Yeah. No, they. It's okay. I will never uh, regret that because <laughs> at that time, Lowry was washed. Hey, watch yourself. Yeah. No way, man. You're talking to Raptors fans. You're talking. I know. Mike Cruz and Kai Gamage. Yeah, <laughs> the boys. That's our yeah. team. <laughs> you gonna tell me Pat Bev's not? Pat Bev offers more defensively though, so that's fine. It, it's not like mm. he's gonna stink, he? it, stink it up <laughs> offensively. Does he? Does he? Pat Bev was. Pat Bev is just a like a dog. No, Yo, he he fooled y'all, man. Yeah. He's yeah. Tri- he tricked y'all, man. He tricked, he tricked y'all. y'all. He tricked He's y'all. just running around doing nothing. Lowest field goal percentage allowed as closest defender mm. in the I think it's like the last five years something. Pat Bev was second. Mm. Okay, but that's five years ago. Last five years. Yeah, no, but like over the last. No, five over years. this. Oh, yeah, but yeah, still. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I don't see him as a real threat defensively, to yeah. be honest. Okay, so let's just fully note down what this trade is so it was the lakers sent talon horton tucker and stanley johnson raptors legend to <laughs> the utah jazz for pat beverly for pat bev okay so that's a yeah. trade i don't know the way i see it is the lakers got rid of some of their depth uh which i think is a point of contention that they're sorely lacking in for someone who i i don't even know if he's a proven commod- commodity at this point I genuinely don't know what he offers the Lakers other than like a modicum of defense. Okay, uh, the Lakers shooting right now is absolutely disastrous. Mm. Pat Bev is literally going to be their best shooter, so that's not good. I I, I know I'm not saying it's a good <laughs> sign. I'm not saying it's okay, a good yeah, sign yeah. to have him as your yeah. best shooter, but adding a guy who can shoot is only good news for the Lakers. He's uh. <laughs> a 37.8% career shooter, which is decent. Okay, yeah. But I, I know he shouldn't be the best shooter on the team, but at least they have some help. Like, LeBron shouldn't be your best shooter. So What do you mean? LeBron's uh, a great shooter. He, but yeah, he shouldn't be the <laughs> best shooter on the team. So it's good to have Pat Bev. Pat Bev is, I think, by all means, a more impactful contributor than 
either of what Taylor Horton Tucker or Stanley Johnson can provide. He's also old. He's also I think, 33 I think what years old. Pat Bev can do is at least like bring the energy mm. and like annoy the <laughs> opponent. Yeah, he's got that dog. But in yeah, him. he's just he's just a dog. He's a scrapper. You know, that's what he does. That's what he. That's yeah. his identity on the and court. I, and that's just who he is. That's who he's been his whole career. And I think you can love him or hate him for it. I think it's more of like a fit trade than Taylor Horton Tucker. You know, Pat Bev. I think he fits more for the Lakers than whatever THT brings. You know, I think he, that's he, true. THT probably better having the ball in his hands, which he'll probably get in Utah. Mm-hmm. On yeah. his way out to the league. I don't, Stanley Johnson was he's, okay though with the Lakers. Yeah, but like the issue is that he's 25 and he's not over 30. Yeah. And the Lakers are firmly committed to only having players over 30. So. <laughs> yeah, so see, that's like, what. They were so out of place. He, she, and Johnson oh, were yeah, very course. out of place of in the team. That's for sure. No, so. I, no doubt. I disagree. Like, Stanley Johnson was actually part of, like, he had, he joined the team last season and he already looked very in sync with the rest. He was. A scrapper like Pat Bev on defense, and he was—he's pro- he's, he's not as annoying. I mean, he was so good though. Like he's—he was probably their best wing defender after LeBron, when LeBron tried. Yeah. That is, but um, I, I think the at least because he was good, we didn't have to give a pick in this trade. Yeah, I, it hurts the depth for sure, like you mentioned, Kai. But I guess. The, I, I honestly the, don't see it as a bad trade. The, the, I, no, I, I think this I. means the rust trade is happening, right? Buddy Heal? No, Miles Turner? Mm. We'll see. I don't know, but how, you can't package THT. Mm. You just lost your most valuable piece. It's okay. That's yeah, tough. It's okay. Kendrick Nunn. Oh, shit. How are you going to trade The other Russ? valuable piece <laughs> THT, in THT, Kendrick Nunn. Honestly, package. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss the old reliable. You're going to miss the old reliable? I'm going to miss the old reliable. I think we all will. Okay. I think another underrated <laughs> aspect of this trade is the contract manipulation that just happened here. Okay. So, Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, I think as we all remember, signed a pretty weird extension for the Lakers last offseason. So, he was set to get paid $30 million over three seasons, right? So that's a three-year contract on the books for a team that, like, who knows what their future really looks like. I know it's not the biggest deal, and when the new TV rights kick in, it definitely won't be the biggest deal, but it's a three-year contract. $10 million per season. Pat Bev, his contract... No, don't don't forget to mention he has a player option. He has a player option. In his third year. Even better. Yeah. Classic Lakers that's, move right yeah. there. Uh, instead of Caruso. But Pat Bev is on a one-year contract for only $13 million. So at the end of this season, he won't be on the books. They've completely ke- cleared that portion of their cap space just as the new TV rights are set to kick in next offseason, which will most likely give the Lakers more room to operate with Russ off the books, with, I guess now, Taylor Horton Tucker off the books. They'll have more room to operate and get that third star. They also just signed LeBron to the two-year extension, essentially keeping him in L.A. Um, for the next, what, three seasons? Yeah. He's got um, a player option for 2024, 20, 25, which I think will... He's not He's not leaving L.A. There's no chance. I don't think that there's any possibility that he is on a team other than the Lakers as he ends his career. But that's the year Bronny... Even with Bronny? Becomes, uh, yeah, they're going to draft, draft him. Bronny looks so good now. He does. He looks really good. See, it's going to be like... I'm excited. Like how... Uh, I think it was Kobe who threatened other teams that he didn't want to go elsewhere. Maybe Bronny, they do the same thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and he has leverage oh too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can't can't wait to does. see the father-son duo in LA. I know, it's going to be sick. Nah, I want it in OKC. <laughs> we need to watch LeBron and the young Bronny. What it's do you okay. mean, bro? We already got the father-son duo, Pat Bev and Russ. 
Which one's the son? <laughs> Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. That's all I coming. Yeah, Come I mean, on, we, we couldn't get the Kyrie, LeBron, fatherly, son, duo. Uh, yeah. yeah. Has to make it. But yeah, so Pat Bev in LA, I think, honestly, I like the move. I, I think that, like, obviously the depth thing is somewhat of concern to me. I just don't think that the Lakers really have pieces once you get to, like, the eighth man on their bench. You know who they should sign? Uh, it's one of our CBA members, actually, Josh oh. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> off, the, off the bench, mm. not expected to do much aside from defending. I don't think that should be a—that's that, that won't be a bad pickup. Yeah. He's a good defender. That's all. He's he's good in man defense. That's it's all fine. we need. That's him all to you do. can really ask him yeah. for. Yeah, he's a good fantasy good fantasy player for me a couple of years ago. See, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we're all we all kind of like the move. I yeah, think, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, right? I hate Pat Bev's guts, and I can't believe he's teaming up with Russell Westbrook. But yeah, it's tough to watch, eh? Yeah, it's. I, I think they're they're probably gonna squash the beef though. Like mm-hmm. to be honest. At the end of the day, I, as a fan of Westbrook, though, I just don't like it. Obviously. Yeah, it's yeah. disgusting. Maybe this it's is just another play to horrendous. get Russell Westbrook out of LA to like scare him away. <laughs> I mean, what what can they do? Though? Is, he he is, accepted honestly, the player option. They're just side. gonna bully him. They're gonna bully him, and he's gonna. I can't wait for them to know. scrap when like during practice. Imagine if it's gonna be Pat so funny. Bev starts over Russ. No. I know. Oh I, my I'd god! I'd be so excited. As he to should. See it. He Bro. should. You should. You really should. Yeah. Yeah. Pat Bev, Lonnie Walker. I can't believe what I'm hearing right now. <laughs> Crazy squad. I don't know these guys anymore. All right, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on to our last piece of NBA news before we get to the WNBA. This one's a little bit more heartbreaking. Um, oh, no. Yeah, no, this sucks, this. man. So Chet Holmgren, uh, the second overall pick of the NBA draft, is officially out for the rest of this NBA season uh, with a list frank injury. Right, which is like a foot ligament. He tore a ligament in his foot playing at the crossover event in Seattle, uh, which has been very disastrous um, in publicity-wise over the past, I mean, since that event. Not only were like the floors slippery, the condensation was all over the place. LeBron had an awful game. Now Chet is officially out for the season after playing in it. Yeah, I'm pretty gutted, man. I'm so, so devastated about this, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, this was my biggest fear with drafting Chet, to be honest, and I didn't expect it to happen in the off season, and I was really, really looking forward to Chet playing for the Thunder next season. To see this happen is just truly heartbreaking, and yeah. I, I honestly almost can't believe it. But you know, I guess these things can happen anytime, and he is pretty injury prone with, you know, his build. Thing is, though, it's not even. It's not even. It doesn't have. That has nothing to do with his body type. Yeah, it's right. It's his foot. It is a. It was well. Presti called it a contact injury suffered through the force of the collision, I guess, or like the force that he stepped into the ground with. It doesn't have to do yeah. with his body type. This is just a freak accident, right? So I think that like people that are just gonna like blame it, blame it entirely on his body type, and like say like, oh, this is why he won't succeed at an NBA level. I think like you're kind of missing the point here, right? Yeah, um, these things can happen to literally anybody. Anybody, yeah, man. Like just because of someone's build, like that's not that's not gonna steer them away from injuries, right? Like, yeah. Greg Oden's been injured. I mean, Joel Embiid is injury prone. These guys are guys with significantly bigger bodies. Where you could look at them and say, "Oh, that guy's built. That guy doesn't look like he'd be as injury prone." But it happens when you're yeah, that exactly. tall. When you're that big, injuries just 
come out of nowhere and to see it happen to Chet at an event like this is just absolutely gutting. Yeah. I I don't think any of us really thought that he'd have one of those rookie of the year type campaigns. He's a project. He is something that needs to develop in an NBA environment. And to take that year away from him is just absolutely horrible. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel bad too, you know, like I honestly was excited to see Chet in the NBA. You know, he uh, he was the number two overall pick, and I feel like yeah, he's gonna be a project. But I mean, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna catch a lot of attention with the way he plays. And I thought the Thunder would be one of the most exciting young teams in the league. You know, they're probably the most exciting bad team in the league. And hundred percent, along with Josh Goody, they could have been a nice tandem. To watch yeah. Yeah. this season. You know, just let them run the young guys, let them run. Man, watching yeah. them play in summer league was one of the most fun things that I've seen on a basketball court. Exactly. It's both of them are just so creative. That was gonna be one of the most like creative electric schemes that you were gonna see in the NBA. And yeah. the chemistry was already building too. And you based add on summer league games and the pro am yeah. games that they went to and the other runs that they've been to. They're they're starting to get really close. Yeah. Like adding Shea to that mix along with like other young guys like Lou Dort. It was it was gonna be a fun team. It's gonna it's such a young, like super fun yeah. squad. And yeah. I was I was super excited for this season. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been this excited for a Thunder season in a while. Yeah. So list Frank injuries do take a little while to recover from. Um and Presti did come out and say after this injury was reported that they're going to be very conservative with his recovery, which yeah. is absolutely the right call. Yeah, sure. so I, I yeah. read about the injury. It's uh, it's frequent among NFL players, actually. And it does take them usually 11 months to come back. And sometimes it can yeah. take 12 months to come back. And after that, they can start their process of getting back to the court. So mm-hmm. it could be a while until we see him. Yeah, but... So he already is like doing NBA workouts, but he's just not putting any pressure on his foot. Uh, So according to Nick Crane, who is a writer covering the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, for Forbes, surprisingly, um, and for like Slam online, he said that in a Presti conference that Chet is already lifting weights for upper body strength and is able to shoot the ball without putting weight on his foot. So it's clear that there's still this effort to make sure that Chet is able to practice basketball, right? He's still in an NBA facility. He's still in an NBA weight room. He's still on an NBA diet. That's not going to change. Yeah. Right? Part of him being a project wasn't just him translating his abilities to a NBA floor. It was also him really building up an NBA body, right? Obviously, he's skinny. That's not the point. He's going to continually be skinny. That's just seemingly how he's And there's nothing wrong with that either. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that there's... Look, if NBA franchises are going to look at a guy like that and see that, look, this guy has NBA potential, um, there's a reason why he was selected second overall. There's a reason why he's been watched since he was like a freaking sophomore in high school. And it's not just because of his build. It's because he's freaking talented. Yeah, his his skill set for a guy of his build and size is just incredible. Yeah, and yeah. that's exactly why he was picked second. Comparing him to like Porzingis is so lazy because Porzingis is just a guy who's trigger happy. Chet knows when he has to shoot, and yeah. he's 
He's damn good at it. And he's significantly yeah. better on defense. Yeah. Right? Like, this isn't a yeah. guy that chases blocks. He un- he times things properly. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't necessarily always use his body for the... Fi- f- like, he d- he's, not re- he's not relying on the physical aspect of the game. His f- defensive IQ and offensive IQ is some of the best you'll see on an NBA floor. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's... Again, yeah, you're right. Anyone comparing him to KP just because he's a tall, skinny, white guy who can shoot is is yeah. just it's lazy. It's lazy. You first of all, you don't watch basketball. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll tell you that right now. Um, They've probably never seen him go coast to coast. Yeah, like you're telling me, KP can do that. No, KP has doesn't have handles like that. KP never had the abilities in transition. That's yeah. not that was never his skill set. Chet is higher basketball IQ. That's just what it is. Chet is just so much more versatile, really. Yeah. yeah. That's all. And I think his abilities absolutely translate to an NBA context. Yeah, and that's why it's such a such a tough setback for him to overcome. But, you know, in due time, I think he will get there. He'll get to where he needs to be. It's just, you know, as you said, he's a project. So I, he really needed this time to play in the NBA. It's devastating, man. Yeah. I have, like, one more thing to say on this. For those that are like, oh, we're right. Like, I was right about Chet not being NBA ready because of his body type or like anyone that thinks that they're or like is happy that they're right about this grow up what is wrong with you like this is happy about injuries man this is an NBA player and all you really care about is like being correct about your opinion on his physical like on his body type first of all you're not a doctor you've never had any medical experience you are on Twitter bro you don't know anything about bodies. You don't know anything about basketball. And you're happy that you're right about someone being injured. I, I just, I can't, I can't grasp that. That's just disgusting to me. They probably had, yeah. they probably bet on him getting injured. Yeah. They, yeah. Vegas probably said the odds are good. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> There's always been fans like that, though. Yeah. It's, 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 it pisses me off. It's pathetic, man. They're ambulance chasers. That's all yeah. they are. Can't do anything about it. These guys are gonna stick around. I, I, I don't. I, I just don't know why you have this need to be correct, or like yeah. this desire to be correct when it comes at the expense of someone's career, right? It's just yeah. pathetic. Yeah, it's honestly more like people thinking more about themselves. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's exactly it. To such a stupid level. To such. Like a they stupid don't give extent. a damn about what happens to these. They don't see athletes as, as like real people. That's why. Yeah. Like if that's the first thought that goes into your mind after sick. something that's like disgusting. this. Yeah. To go brag that you were like right. First of all, you're not right. You're wrong intrinsically because you don't have the medical acumen to really back it up. You're wrong. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a joke. So yeah. Oh yeah. It sucks. I'm devastated to see Chet out. Yeah. People are year. also like blaming the whole pro-am thing. Yeah. Uh, which is also pretty ridiculous because, again, this can happen like at any point, at any time in yeah. the middle of the season. If you're playing basketball, a ton of courts are wet. it could happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to take a, another quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the WNBA playoffs. Stay tuned. And we're back, guys. Time for some WNBA action. So the first round is officially over. We have the seeds ready for the second round. It'll be a pretty 
great battle. I think that all of the series went exactly how we kind of thought they would, right? Actually, no, I, I did say the Liberty would win, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. We did. we, I we think all of us win. did, but it was an ambitious take. Yeah. I don't know. After that game one performance, I was like, you know what? I'm on it. And then I saw game two and I was like, oh. But game three? <laughs> game three wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, but it, it, it did feel like the Sky were a lot more locked in. It felt like they were playing like the Sky should be playing. They were playing like the second seed in the WNBA. Honestly, right? though, until the third quarter... The Liberty still had a chance. They they got mm-hmm. the stops that they wanted, but they couldn't make a shot to save their life. Mm-hmm. And to add insult to injury, Candace Parker got that hilarious bucket of Benajah Laney, and that, yeah. that was tough. That was done. It was done at that point. They did come close again in the fourth, but again, that was like, it, this guy have championship DNA. That's the thing. It's in game one. You could tell what the key difference was. It's that Courtney Vandersloot wasn't playing the way that she should be playing. She runs that offense straight up. Like, the team is well put together. Every single one of, especially the starting five, are great contributors. From Ali Quigley's shooting, from to Kalia Copper's, like, work inside and her finishing at the rim. But this offense runs through Vandersloot. And when she is running, when she is playing properly, as she was in games two... And three, I just, I just don't see, I just don't see them being stopped. Yeah, and like the Liberty, even though the Sky shot like thirty percent from three, the Liberty was struggling to get their shot going too. So it was still a good effort from the young team. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think they'll be better next season, but it sucks that the underdog lost. Yeah. So let's get into game two really quickly here. So game two from the Sky and Liberty. What happened there? Like, why is it that the Sky just destroyed the Liberty that badly? I mean, they, I feel like they just locked up, locked up defensively, right? <laughs> yeah. The Liberty had absolutely no answers, stood no chance at all. Yeah, they were they th- shot just thirty three percent from three. Dude, no, from three from in, in game two, they were they were three of twenty. They're fifteen percent oh, from three, and then yeah, thirty three thirty three percent from the field. From the field. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sabrina was just held to five shots in that game. Yeah. So. You know, they they also forced 19 turnovers. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that that was the ultimate. Just it was just Chicago putting down the clamps. Yeah. On them. I if think yeah, they had a good wake up call after that horrendous game one. The the champs woke up and they absolutely demolished Liberty after that. Yeah, and there was no answer for the Liberty down low. They got destroyed in the paint. Like, Natasha Howard and Benajah Laney just couldn't do anything to shut down uh, what was going on down low from the sky. I think they, they outscored the sky in the paint 60-24. to 24. It was just an absolute beatdown inside, pure physicality. And, and, again, this is why the sky are a team with a championship pedigree, right? They know how to win nasty games like that. They'll beat you up. They'll win physically. And that's just how it goes. Yeah. And it was a bad shooting night, right? Like, we expect the Sky to be a significantly better shooting team. This is what they were throughout the regular season. They're a very strong shooting team with Ali Quigley and Courtney Vandersloot and Emma Meesman, right? Incredible shooters. But Ali Quigley was only two of, two of three for the night. She wasn't shooting at all. But her distribution in game two, eight assists, eight points, eight assists from your shooting guard. Like... That's exactly what you need. They kept moving the ball around. They beat them up inside. And that's how they won that game. They beat... And then in game three, it was only just an extension of that. Like, yeah, I know it was closer. 
but they were hitting on all cylinders. I don't think that there was really a weak point in the sky's offense in game three. And when that's going down for Chicago, it's that's why they're the second seed. I still think they need to do better from three in the next round because I don't think you can go another round like in a best of five while shooting like 30% from three. Yeah, they live and die by the three, man. Yeah. They live and die by it. I mean, the Sky are just the better team overall. I guess game three was a little more, a little closer, and the Liberty actually stood a chance, I guess. But it all slipped away, like, in the fourth quarter at the very end. Yeah. Yeah, and ultimately, it was Chicago's defense that did them in, in game three, right? Yeah. They forced them to 14 turnovers as well, and they held New York to just 30% from three. Yeah, and that's 23 points off turnovers that the Sky had, uh, 21 fast bake points. They were killing them in the full court. And again, a big factor is definitely experience because the Sky yeah. just have that much more experience than the Liberty do, of course. Also, I think it's because not only do the Liberty have a young team, they also have a, f- a coach who's still trying to get used to the team, who's still trying to get the team to buy into her yeah. tactics. This is a first-year head coach. Yeah, so. like, she still did well, but, um, like, in the f- fourth quarter, you could see that they lack creativity to break the Sky defense. The offense became stagnant, and that's that's why they just lost yeah no james wade tightened up the scheme and game one again i think we're all kind of hoping for an upset just to see some sparks fly in the uh in this series just to see things go interestingly um but i guess it just wasn't meant to be the sky are undoubtedly the stronger team yeah yeah right i don't think that any of us should be surprised that the sky won this series and that's that Okay, let's move on to Aces Mercury. So this one went exactly as we expected it to. A quick two-game beatdown. Neither game was close. This was a slaughter, and it's kind of exactly what we expected, right? Uh, the Mercury team lacking Tarasi, lacking, lacking Skyler, lacking Kia Nurse, Brittany Griner, like, None of the pieces are there for the Mercury to do well, and it showed in game one and two of, of this series. It was a yeah. slaughter. Every single player on the Aces literally like was just on one, especially in game two. Asia Wilson woke up from her pretty poor showing in game one where she was like two for 12. She ended that game. She ended game two, seven for nine. Chelsea Gray was just stupid good. Stupid good. 27 points, 3 rebounds, 8 assists on 9 for 11 shooting and 7 from 8 from 3. Kelsey Plum poured on like 22 points. This game just wasn't close at all. Yeah, Yeah. as a team, over the two games, the Aces shot 50% from 3. That's that's ridiculous to do as a team (laughs) over two games. And like, in comparison, the Mercury shot 24%, like less than half. So that was, it was just a mismatch. They dropped 117 points on them in game two. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? If this was like a full 48-minute game, like an NBA uh, amount of time in a oh game, bro, that's a solid 140 points. Are you Maybe kidding more. me? What a slaughter. I think this is just a testament to just how great the Aces are offensively. You know, they have all the weapons they need, and they're all just playing great. They're all having a great season. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're pretty much on par for the finals run that they're expected to be it. But you have to feel for the Mercury, though. Like, they have they were already struggling with 
the locker room players not being there due to injury and personal reasons and then you have another player in shape Eddie getting injured like that's that's cruel yeah now and, yeah and game game 2 it actually looked like it'll be a ball game after fir- after the first quarter both teams started out on fire mm-hmm. but eventually phoenix just ran out, ran out of gas and yeah aces just kept on going you know they they outscored the mercury 29 to 14 on the second and they set a WNBA halftime record 11 three-pointers. Yeah. Ultimately, they set up, also set a WNBA single-game record for threes. They shot 23 out of 36 from beyond the arc. That's 64%. It yeah. was Insane. mean. It was mean what they were doing from deep. And like, if, if they're going to be hitting at that level, obviously not going to be hitting at that level throughout the playoffs. But if these guys can continue shooting at like 40%, which I fully expect them to do, all things considered, right? This is a team who every single t- every single player on offense can contribute as a three-level score. I expect them to keep up a decent, like a decent modicum of this shooting in, I guess, next rounds. I just I don't know how you stop them when they're really rolling this sort of way. Yeah, when you start the playoffs shooting that good, I think the next round, like there has to be a significant factor to get that shooting numbers to drop because they've got everything on their side. They've got the momentum. When a team is shooting at that level, again, I just, I don't know how you stop it. But I just hope it doesn't, you know, that they're not at the peak of their powers right now, that Mm -hmm. they don't, they're probably going to cool off, but I hope they don't slide too much. And, you know, because we want to see this kind of basketball all the way throughout the finals. Yeah, they'll be facing a way tighter defense in the storm. Uh, We'll get into that in just a little bit, but they'll be facing a way tighter defense. Obviously, the Mercury are all out of all all out of sorts. Plus, Seattle's also playing incredible basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the other sweep. Uh, As you just mentioned, Seattle. So let's talk about the other two-game sweep here. Seattle Storm took out the Washington Mystics in two games. I was the only one that predicted that, by the way, just so that's clear. Congratulations. Proud of you. I'm very right. proud of you. Right I like being right. You know how it is. Uh, thank you. But yeah, so Storm Mystics, it was a pretty tight series, right? Like the games weren't blowouts by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it was clear that the Storm are ultimately, obviously, the better team. If Sue Bird, my goodness, what a series from Sue Bird. If Sue Bird can recapture this random fountain of youth that she has found in these past two games, that is just, I mean, first of all, it's just so impressive for someone her age to be doing something like this. I think it's completely unexpected. I, I I didn't expect her to be popping off like this in at this point in her career but if sue bird can play the way that she does if jewel lloyd can you know at least hit from three at a decent clip how far do you think that the storm can end up going is this a team that really can go toe-to-toe with the aces yeah uh for sure i mean the mystics were the number one defense in the regular season and the storm were killing them on offense like the mystics defense was nowhere to be seen they don't have an answer for these two and i don't know if the aces do i know asia wilson is one of the top two nominees for the dpoi right now but can she really stop the firepower that the storm have Mm -hmm. i don't know and when you have super dropping 18 and 10 in a closeout game and she started the game 
three of three from her threes. That that was the early push that they needed. Yep. And even though she cooled off later, she was still dishing it out and keeping that offense going, which is why they ca- they strolled to the win. And she made a dagger too, you know. You could see her motions after she made that that one layup on the fast break. And yeah, I mean, she looked like she looks like she's on a mission. Yeah. Yeah. She wants that last championship in her last year, eh? Yeah. I'm hyped for it. I'm really looking forward to it. That, and we gave Jewel Lloyd a lot of crap last week because you know what? She hasn't been the player that you expect Jewel Lloyd to be at this point in the season. She didn't have the greatest night in game two. She still ended up shooting six of 14 from the field, but importantly, and this is why, this is what the Storm need her for. She was five of 10 from deep. Yeah. If you can hit threes at a 50% level and just get more spacing for Bri- for Brianna Stewart and for Tina Charles to work their magic inside, that is absolutely a recipe for a win. If Jewel Lloyd can just hit them at a decent clip, which she hasn't been doing for most of the season, I don't I don't know how you stop that. Yeah, basically all all the stars for Seattle pretty much showed up that game. Yeah. Whereas for Washington, their biggest star wasn't really didn't really play to her best she know. got shut down man yeah she had just 12 points 5 of 14 shooting ultimately i think that's what spelled the difference on the other hand brianna stewart put up, almost put up a triple double yeah i i think like you mentioned it the mystics were lacking a proper second option i know natasha cloud was good but when edd is shut down they don't have anyone else to take over and i think that's what holds their offense back so when she was 11 of 17 in game one, it was still close. Shot 5 of 14 in yeah. game but two. Yeah, the Storm isn't going to let a bad performance from EDD. Like, they're not going to lose in a game like that. Yeah. If EDD has a bad game, they're not losing that game. There's no way. Yeah. There's no chance because that team knows how to close out. That team has championship pedigree. That team knows just, they, they know how to win games. Yeah, and even Brianna, she, she didn't shoot particularly well from the field, but she got to the line. She went seven of seven from the free throw line. Yeah. So you can see yeah. her impact all over the court, yeah. right? Yeah. Like she she does so much more than just shoot. She is all over the court. She's great at dishing out the ball. She's a great defensive presence. Obviously, she rebounds everything. Um, so like even when she does have those bad games, she's still there. I think that is why she's my MVP, right? Like even though she's not having her best scoring night, she's doing the best she can on defense she's dishing dimes eight assists just two away from a triple double who does that as a forward when you have somebody like sue bird playing alongside you to take over an offense like that that's impressive Mm -hmm. and another big thing about the storm is their transition defense right so both teams had eight turnovers this game right but in the full court points off turnovers the Mystics only managed to get four. Four points off turnovers, off eight turnovers. That can't happen. You can't have that little points per turnover. You can't have half a point per turnover. You're getting the ball out of the Storm's hands, and you can't capitalize on those moments. You're not going to win that game. But why that happens is because the Storm are so good at running the floor. This is a high-effort team. Every single player, regardless of the game that they're having that night, will rush back on D, will play the transition game. Yeah, They shut it down. They completely shut the Mystics down. And also, I think the Mystics were lacking a a glass cleaner. Like, Natasha Cloud's great at protecting the rim with her short blocking, but they don't have somebody who's 
great on the boards. So like they got out rebounded in both games by eight in the second one. So that was a big difference too. Shakira Shakira Austin, she's just too young, right? Like yeah. she's she she's a rookie. She had a really strong rookie of the year. I think she's second in rookie of the year. She's gonna be second in rookie of the year voting in my eyes. But going up against the experience of Brianna Stewart and Tina Charles as a rookie big, it's not gonna work. Yeah. It won't. Let's move on to the last series. The interestingly most tightly contested one, uh the Sun Wings. We had we were pretty staunch on the fact that this one was going to be a clean sweep just because of obviously Arike being out. But then in game two, the Wings managed to pull out a big win from a great from a great night from uh, Tierra McCowan, uh, who I've just been so high on um, as a bench big. And Marina Mabry, uh, who had a pretty she didn't have a good night shooting, but she impacts the floor in so many different ways. Right. So the Wings won game two. Uh, and then at the end of the day, the Sun did end up winning the series in three. What did you guys see in game two that stood out for you? I think uh, it was, I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Like I, we all predicted it to be a sweep, but the Wings fought hard even without their best scorer. And like one name you forgot to mention is Kayla Thornton, who was eight of 12 in game two. 20 points, 5 boards, 4 assists. She was all over. And it was a great fight from the Wings. But unfortunately, they're still a bit too inexperienced in the playoffs to be competing. And I think that's what separated them in Game 3. They started well. They had an early lead. But after going uh, tied at halftime, they were tied at 34. I think the Sun completely took over mm-hmm. in the second half and the Wings just couldn't make a shot to save their lives. They were so stagnant and Arike actually came back. But in the few minutes she played, she couldn't make a shot. She definitely did not look healthy. She wasn't healthy. Yeah, no no way. Not, not from a hip injury. But see, that's the thing about her, right? I think she needs to improve her off-ball game because she's so reliant on using the ball, on holding the ball that... In the few minutes that she played, she couldn't do anything. She's not at her best athletically. So, 0 for 3. Yeah. She's She ranks 49th in field goal percentage, but top 5 in usage rate. I think she has to improve her off-ball game for them to succeed in the playoffs next year. And Game 3 was actually pretty nasty, you know, shooting-wise. Both teams shot like 35, 36% from the field. Just 23% from 3. And ultimately, what spelled the difference for this game was uh, offensive rebounds for the Sun and turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dallas had 19 turnovers. Yeah, I know the Sun. The Sun in Game Three, you can tell why that two big, why those, why their two bigs are just as dominant as they are, right? John Quell and Brianna Jones. Um, the rest of that team, they're obviously just great at crashing the boards. They ended the game with 17 offensive rebounds, good for 20 second chance points and 42 points in the paint as compared to the Wings' 24. This was a dominant performance on the inside. And as much as I will give props to Tier McGowan, especially in game two when she scored 17, had eight boards, I think that you need more of a contribution from her defensively on the inside to really do damage against John Quell and Brianna. Yeah, there was absolutely no hustle from the wings last night. Like 
Jonquel just had 11 points, but they still had a 15-point win, and they had no interior presence. The wings, so yeah, it, it was it was rough to watch the second half. Yeah, and again, it's it's the Sun clamping down defensively, and look, the Wings played well in defense in the second game. Right, they forced they had eight steals, but what the Sun did in game three on the defensive end just proves why they are a top three team in this league and it also proves why the why the wings absolutely needed Arike right Mabry ended the game with eight turnovers that can't happen McCowan ended the game with five turnovers that can't happen but the sun forced it the sun completely forced all of those moves if they can shut them down on defense like that the wings like we said just didn't stand a chance yeah the wings needed a second scorer like Marina Mabry she's good but she needs some support on offense like Alicia Gray was doing well so f- so far for them but she had a bad game it was her first game with single digit points since like August 2nd almost a month so she had a drop in her performance and it showed for them yeah she was shaky in game 2 as well i know she was 5 for 12 but she's only 1 for 7 from the field from, yeah. from sorry from deep yeah that's not what you that's not what you need out of Alicia so that was our preview Sorry, our recap of the uh, round one series in the WNBA. So let's go to the round two matchups now. Let's preview them a little bit. So let's start off with Aces versus the Storm. What are we thinking here, guys? How is this series going to play out? This is going to be a collision course, I think. Okay. Yeah, so they're two of the hottest teams in the playoffs right now. They've been absolutely dominant in their against their first-round opponents. And... Both teams have shot over 50% from three in those two games. And the Aces as well, they were on fire from the line. Just missed two free throws throughout the two games. You know, as much as the Aces have been dominant, this isn't going to be a cakewalk for them. You know, Seattle seems like they're on a mission, especially Sue Bird. So I feel like this is going to be the the series of, you know, the playoffs before the finals, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh it's going to be an intense game and even though uh Beast 2 versus Asia is going to be the hype matchup, I think Sue Bird will be the X factor. We saw what she did in the first round and she's okay, whenever she plays, she's always the smartest player on the court and if she can do that and unlock the Storm offense, I do think the Storm have a chance to upset the Aces. Yeah, I agree. I think this game will be won in the backcourt, right? This series will be won in the backcourt. We saw what Chelsea Gray did in the first round of the playoffs. We saw what Sue Bird did in the first round of the playoffs. And if either of these teams can space the floor properly, that is how they win on offense. The entirety of the offense for either team isn't purely run through Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson, right? There's a reason why they're contributors on both ends. It's because the rest of the team understands how to carry the load on offense as well. If the guards are having good shooting night, if shooting nights, if Jewel Lloyd is shooting the way that we have expected to her to in years past, if Kelsey Plum is shooting the way that I mean she's just been doing all season, you know, you know how I feel about Kelsey Plum. MV Plum? Of course. Of course, if the space so if, if this whichever team is able to space the floor properly is able to get all those looks from outside to drop that team's way. Yeah. Yeah. And, And uh Like Jewel Lloyd, you mentioned if she can take over like she did 
in the last game where she scored 12 consecutive points for the storm i think it's going to be i think it's going to be the storm backcourt that comes out on top and not only is this like the two hottest teams in the WNBA facing off as mike said these are also two of the best players in the WNBA facing off yeah and it's going to be a fun series again i don't think this is going to be a cakewalk for the aces i still expect them to win but the storm are going to put up a very good fight yeah. and i still give them a chance and mcconning them out Dude, That's we sure. we get to potentially watch five games of Brianna Stewart one on one against Asia Wilson because you know that that's how every possession is going to be played out, right? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be too much high high ball screen. It's going to be a lot of some nice work down inside on the elbow. Asia versus Beast. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really hyped for it. Yeah. So the Aces firepower is obvious. I think the Storm are also capable of that but I think it's the defense that's going to make the difference here. The Storm had a great like a top 4 defense during the regular season and if they can continue that, I think they have a chance because the Aces weren't that good defensively even though Asia Wilson's a top 2 nominee for DPOI. So, if they can hold their fort, I think they have a st- they have a chance. Yeah. Okay, let's do predictions. Yeah. Okay, what do you got? I think it's going to be Storm in 5. Okay. I see it. So, going the distance, going to be a long hard fought battle. Honestly, I just want 5 games. I just want 5 yeah. games of Asia versus Beast. That's all that really matters to me. See, la- Las Vegas, <laughs> Las Vegas aced the first round test against the Mercury, but I'm can- so tired of this guy, But can bro. they weather the storm that is awaiting for them in the semifinals? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I'm, I'm is that is that the banger that you had? I loved it. I loved it. That is the banger that I had planned. That's insane. I'm L- sick of it. Last week was better though. No, that was pretty good. No, that was pretty good. I like the weather, weather the, the storm. storm. That was pretty good. Yo, that was good. Thank you. That was nice. I'm proud of you. I don't like it. <laughs> um, all right, all right, Mike. What do you got, man? Yo, it's so hard actually. It's actually <laughs> so hard to make a prediction for this one. But I'll go with uh, Seattle too. And how many? The distance. Okay, Seattle in five. All right, yeah. all right. I see it. I see it. Diego, what do you got, man? Honestly, I respect the Seattle pick. I think the way that they've been playing, obviously, is they've been they've been at their best. So I think it's gonna be hard for the Aces. But I've got the Aces in five. Aces in five. Yeah. Okay. So everybody's got to go in the distance. All right. I guess I got to change it up. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna take Aces in. I'll take Aces in three. Damn. I'll Damn. take Aces in three. I think that they're gonna be way too hot from deep. I don't think that the Storm I know that they have a great defense but I don't think they have the perimeter defense to really handle what the Aces are about to do. We saw in the first round just how perimeter reliant or not reliant but how perimeter centric the Aces can be and how much that can translate to success for this team. I think that Chelsea Gray is really hitting her stride right now. I think that Kelsey Plum is obviously just going to be as consistent as ever and Jackie Young I think that I mean as we said last week in her uh as we said last week in her push for the most improved player award Jackie Young is just as much of a threat from deep she hit at 43% this year. I think that as far as the perimeter game goes the Aces are just going to rain on the storm. And I think that this game is going to be Obviously there's going to be that one-on-one matchup inside but I do think that Asia is the better one-on-one defender than Brianna Stewart is. She's going to shut down Brianna and this game is going to be played outside of the paint. 
through the outside in the same way that they did against the Liberty, I think that it's lights out. Yeah, but it's not this just it's not just the sky who was struggling because the Sun also shot four of seventeen from three yeah. in the last game. So both of the teams are struggling. So it's it's a matter of who finds their shooting touch first. Yeah. I mean the thing with the Sun is like they just they're not a three point reliant team, right? Like this team was eleventh in the regular season in like uh, they just barely shot any threes whatsoever. They like they made them at a decent clip at like a thirty five percent clip, which is better than the, the the clip that the sky made it at. But we need to remember that the sky had have just had stretches of inconsistency, um, like littered throughout this season from deep. Right when they're hitting their shots from outside, when Courtney Vandersloot is running this offense the way that she does, the way that she's supposed to, this team just looks unbeatable at times. Yeah, and that's the thing. The Sun don't have somebody who can stop her. Yeah. So as much as they are dominant inside, if you don't have somebody to stop their shooting, stop their point guard from dictating the players, I think it's going to be tough for them. Yeah. My one my one issue for the Sky, again, is that Kalia Copper, in my opinion, is just one of the best finishers in the league, right? But when you're going up against the size that the Sun really bring it's going to be hard for her. And she's the leading scorer for the Sky, right? She's getting she's scoring 15 points a game. She absolutely kills people with her length. And I just don't know if that's really going to translate in this series. So they're going to have to find scoring from other facets than Kalia Copper. They're also going to have to find scoring from other facets other than Candace Parker, right? So this game is going to be very backcourt-driven through players like Ali Quigley, if Miesman can keep hitting her strong mid-range shots from the elbow, that'll be a great contribution for the Sky. And then obviously if Vandersloot can keep running the game the way that she does because she's the significantly better point guard in this series, that's how the Sky are going to win. Yeah, and if like Candice Parker also decides to go jump shot with her jump shots to bring Jonquel out of the paint, out of where she's great at defensively i think that could make a difference yeah though there's going to be a lot, there's going to have to be a lot of spacing here yeah. for the sky to really take this because if it becomes a physical battle down low the sun are winning this game yeah let's do predictions then uh aaron who have you got yeah yeah i was too happy trigger happy earlier but i'll just repeat i think the sky will win in four okay mike i hate to be a broken record but the sky are also winning in four for me okay Sky and Sky and three. Sky and three. Sky and three. Okay, let's see it. Um, yeah, I'm also gonna shoot, man. <laughs> Go with Connecticut. Uh, I, just, I, just I don't want front, to. Front I don't want to. No, no, the front yeah, court's too deadly. Don't force. It's Sky and two. Yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> Sky and two. Sky and two. Sky and two because they forfeit game three. No, honestly, I honestly I do see this going the distance. I'm gonna go Sky and five. That's all we've got for this episode of the Positionless Pod. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. When we come back, obviously these series will still be underway. We'll be talking about them. Uh, the NBA is just around the corner, so we'll probably be getting into more of that. We'll yes see if sir. Nash. We'll see if Nash is fired by then. Eh? Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Hope so. <laughs> All right. Hope so. Jesus Hope so. Christ, man. Come on, that's no, Canadian I mean, basketball that's, legend. I mean, that's 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 respect no, I have, res I have all the respect in the world for Steve Nash, just not as a coach. I think he wants to see Mark, Mark Jackson there. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> Mama, there goes that man. Frank Vogel. <laughs> Respectfully. With all due respect. <laughs> I hit it out of the park. I'm good. <laughs> no, I need, I need Kendrick Perkins in there. 
That's who I need as my coach, bro. Carry green, on. Green eyes guy. Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So thank you guys so much for that's listening a, that's to another week in the books, huh? That's another week in the books, baby. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the Positionless Pod. Make sure to follow us and leave us a review on Spotify. Uh, make sure to check out the poll that we've got down there in the Spotify. I think it's like in the description area. Uh, make sure to send us a follow on Instagram at the Kickout Media and on Twitter also at the Kickout Media and all of our personals too. I think that's all the things that I need to plug. That's it. That's what we've got. Yeah, all right. That's, that's about everything. All right. Well, see you next week. See ya.